every marketer should know how to sell and every every seller or salesperson should know how to market. And if you're a founder or you've got a side hustle, then you've got no choice. You're always selling to somebody something. So I think the best way to do that is to steep yourself in learning from the best. You don't have to be the world's greatest salesman to be an effective salesperson. You don't have to be the world's greatest marketer to be an effective marketer. Welcome, welcome to the Micro Influencer Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Mike Carroll, who is an old friend. I actually interviewed him a while back on another podcast. And we're going to get into what you actually need when you're a young entrepreneur to succeed. Do you need all the bells and whistles or do you need to bootstrap and keep things really lean? Mike's going to go into just how to tackle that with many other marketing and sales tips Please wait till the end of the show as well to hear his specific advice for you based on his experience so far in his career. Without further ado, let's start learning with Mike. On the podcast today, I've got an old friend, Mike Carroll, who was on a previous podcast that I hosted, and we're running it back today. Mike, how are you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I've been fantastic, and I'm excited to have you on. Mike knows a ton about sales and marketing and blending them together and growth and all that good stuff. So we're going to talk about bootstrapping and growth in general when you're just starting out. But before we get into all the details, I want to give the audience a little bit of context as to who you are and what you're doing. So if you wouldn't mind just giving us a brief history of your career so far. Yeah, sure. That's a well, I'll, I'll try to give you the like the TLDR version. It's been short. So I graduated from from college and went to grad school and got a master's degree in journalism. I worked in politics and ran political campaigns from like, you know, aldermen all the way up to the to the US Senate for about six years. Then I freelanced for a while, jumped into an agency, did that for six years. And now I'm at Nutshell as the head of growth. And actually, in the very near future, I'll be going back to the agency side, be the VP of growth um, at Marketing Supply Co, which is a digital growth agency in Detroit. That was that was pretty brief. That was a much more brief than uh, than we usually get. Than you expected. So kudos. <laughs> the short episode. I figured I'd keep it short. If you want to dive into any part of that career, you yeah, know, we, all, we, all, we only got like twenty minutes here, so let's, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm curious if I were to ask you what you think your professional superpower is, what would you say? Problem solving, not a doubt. You know, and that sounds like a really weird, like nebulous thing to say, like, oh, I solve problems, but but my superpower for sure is I think my ability to take any situation, any challenge that you're facing, break it apart into its its requisite components, figure out which of those components needs to be fixed first, and then draw on a, a really kind of strange and diverse background um, and skill set to figure out what to attack, how to attack it, and then, you know, and solve that problem. Whether that's a business problem, a marketing problem, a sales problem, political problem, even, that, that's definitely my superpower. That's the thing that served me well, just the ability to kind of like, take a 30,000 foot view of any type of problem and then dive into it and, and bust it up and figure it out. Well, let's solve some problems today then. All right. <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> so what, one of the problems that we see often when you're a side hustler, you're just starting out on a project is you don't really know where to start in terms of the growth. You, maybe you have an idea, you kind of have a game plan of what you want to accomplish, but then you feel overwhelmed by all the things you need to do on social media to grow it and all the sales side of things, and, and you might feel tempted to immerse yourself in buying all kinds of different tools. I'm curious what your thought process is that early on and actually having tools or if you even need them. 
So I, to, personally, I don't think you need them. I think the only thing that you need to start any type of side hustle or project is a whiteboard. So, and what I mean by that is that whatever you're going to do up front, whatever your side hustle is, the most important thing is just to, and actually I read one of your posts this morning that kind of resonated for this conversation on LinkedIn. You were talking about, you know, working from home and coronavirus and all this razzmatazz. And it would be your suggestion, by the way, was work from home and schedule yourself like, you know, down to the to the last minute, which, you know, I tend to agree with work from home is supposed to, you know, sort of exude this type of flexibility. But if you are responsible for your own time, 100% of the time, and you don't schedule yourself, you're going to do poor work, like you say, and you're going to fail. So I think the most important thing when you're trying to there are two things when you're trying to to spin something up, any type of side hustle is one, carve out the time. And then two, you know, take action during that time and stick to it. Absolutely. On a, on a schedule, even that's only an hour a day. There's only the there's only but the doing right. Like you can't get anything started unless you start actually doing it. So before you start thinking about software or even strategies or anything like that, just start throwing stuff against the wall, start doing that thing that you're enjoying doing, and it'll evolve organically from there. I know everybody says that and it's like almost a terrible piece of advice, but there's no other way to do it. There's no no magic bullet. If you get to a point where things are actually working, you've bootstrapped from zero. Now you, maybe you're at one or two on your scale up to up to a hundred. At what point? Or I guess let me rephrase that. Is there what would be the the first tool that actually would be worth investing in? Oh, I mean, well, if it's, I guess it depends on what we're. Can we? I hate to do this and be like, I take issue with the question, but can we? No, sure. Let's give an example. So let's say, yeah, I'm I'm running an e-commerce store where I I sell red shoes that I, I make custom with custom messaging on them. And that, that's what I do. Okay. And, and so I've got it to a place where I can get some traffic organically. I haven't paid for ads or anything yet, but now it's to the point where I've got a couple sales and I can see that it's starting to slowly snowball. What's the first tool that I need to start looking at? So in that situation, I think the first tool that you would start looking at would be any type of social media, like scheduling tool, right? I think one of the hardest things to do and this could go for any type of, of digital business, right? Whether you're doing e-com or you're trying to build your LinkedIn audience or, or whatever it might be. And actually, this is what I've been looking at recently as I start to spin up my own website and kind of go out my own a little bit and, and try to you know, come up with something that I can sell outside of my work. Everybody needs a side hustle. It's just something that's going to keep you posting consistently. And I think the best way to do that is, you know, what I do now is I keep a just a notepad. I use Notion, by the way. Yeah, um, me too. Some people use Evernote. <laughs> I just have one post open all the time that's like LinkedIn posts, period. And I just write down anytime I have a thought, I write down, you know, what needs to go in there. And then the next step for me is rather than like manually posting them all the time is like to load them all up for the week and then set it and forget it because I've got other stuff to do and then come back after the week and check to see how those posts have been doing. So if I was running an e-com business and my traffic was coming from social or organically in, in that regard, then the first tool I would look into is just something to regiment how I post and where I post without me having to think about it all the time across channels. If you're doing two or three, although I would tell you to focus on one, maybe two max. So that would be the mm. first tool I would recommend anybody use. Just some simple tool like a I'm trying to think of a good one, like a buffer app or right. you know, I'm not a huge fan of Hootsuite or anything like that, but something like that to to put you on a schedule. Oh, for sure. And And by the way, a lot of those tools either have a free trial or have a free plan. So at this point, there may not even be reason for you to be spending any money uh, outside of maybe if you want to start running ads, which I'm I'm curious, I guess, at that point, how, how far into it you think you should actually start running ads? That's something you think you should just do right off the bat, especially with an e-commerce store like we just mentioned. 
I suppose it depends on like what kind of money you have available to yourself, right? So if you have money to spend on something, then yes, I would say starting to nothing, you know, whether it's e-com or anything else, nothing keys you into your sales process or your or your funnel, for example, I guess is the best way to put that, like your conversion metrics more than spending money on advertising. When it's found money and you're getting traffic organically, you don't tend to spend as much time like worrying about how it's converting because you're not paying for that traffic. But there's nothing that focuses your attention quite as uh, acutely as when you're spending your own money on on advertising. So that's one advantage to spending money on advertising, not just the traffic that you get or the conversions that you get, but it's going to force you to look across, you know, your whole funnel and make sure that everything is, you know, is firing on all cylinders because you're you're spending money. To answer your first question, like when should you start spending money? If you have the money to spend, start spending it immediately. I mean, there's no way to escape, you know, particularly in an e-com situation, if you want to get things going quickly, paid advertising. You know, I was talking to Sujin Patel. Are you, do you know him? Do you know Sujin? Yeah, I interviewed him on the, on the podcast, yeah. Yeah, so we talk every once in a while, and he, you know, he came in and did a great talk on lead generation for Boundless at Nutshell, which was last Friday. And one of the things that we were talking about is exactly that, by the way, so I'm kind of taking that piece of advice for him. But, you know, he basically he was like, if you're trying to get from zero to 100 customers, you know, a cold outreach is like the best way to do that. Although it's e-com, like you're not going to start calling people up and asking if they want to buy your red shoes. So so in that regard, if you're getting from zero to 100, zero to 1000, those short term tactics where your paid acquisition are going to be absolutely critical. In the background, you should be building your organic engine for sure, uh, but you're never going to get past that 1000 mark without sort of spending on paid advertising. And and when you're spending, by the way, it might be ROI negative at first, and then it might be break even, right, which is okay. You just have to get yourself up to a certain threshold so that you start to see the organic kind of come through. Right? It, it, things like that. It's all about testing it. Testing yes. rarely. You, when you're testing up front, you're usually not going to find the right answer immediately. And if you do, it's extremely lucky. And over time, you can narrow in on the right answer because all of the wrong answers start eliminating themselves. So just over, give, give yourself time, folks. If, you, if you're running ads, if you're building anything, give yourself time to actually consistently put in the work, post, like, like Mike said, just post on social media consistently. If you're going to be able to run ads, do it consistently and test and keep all that data. Over time, it's going to work if you just use all that data to your advantage where it doesn't work is if you decide to quit halfway through or you don't learn from mistakes and you're you're not humble enough to just accept that what you're doing isn't working. Well, I think you I mean, I think you touch on it with a needle, right? Because the we talked about what's my superpower, you know, problem solving. Well, the, the number one thing that you have to be comfortable with when you're solving any problem is failure, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Uh, you're never going to solve a problem if you don't try to fix it. And when you try to fix it, often you're going to screw it up. But that's okay. Every every one of those moments is a learning experience. The other thing you said, which I think is really critical, and it's actually a skill deficit for me from a, like a like boots on the ground perspective, I guess. And I'm I'm trying to work on it, even though I'm you know a little bit later in my career. But whenever you're doing anything like this, track everything, even if it's just temporal assumptions. You know, let's say that you don't have the skill set to you know put all the tracking code on your e-commerce site or on your website or whatever else then run simple ads or run simple tactics in a time frame and make temporal assumptions. I did this from X day to X day, and this is what happened with the traffic and conversion and all those types of things, and write it down in a spreadsheet. You know, you don't have to use a big BI tool or anything like that. Even in nutshell, by the way, you know, we're a, a fancy SaaS company, and we've been in business for 10 years, and, you know, we're almost 5 million ARR. So even a, 
where I go to look for all my metrics is still a spreadsheet. So uh, you've got to track every single thing that you can track so that you can make good decisions. I love that. And I, I'd love to just shift gears slightly here on the mm. same path, though, because I'm, I'm just curious when you're early on in your project, you're kind of the salesperson and the marketer in most cases, unless you have a partner, then you might split those duties. But for the most part, people here are wearing both hats. I'm curious in your experience or from what you've seen in other people, what tips do you have on successfully wearing both hats? Well, so, I mean, my argument would be that, you know, if you're a, every marketer should know how to sell and every, every seller or salesperson should know how to market. And if you're a founder or you've got a side hustle, then you've got no choice. Even if you have a partner or there's like a division of labor, you know, I, I think back to the, the Facebook movie, right. Where, you know, you've got Mark Zuckerberg who's building the thing and then his partner that ends up getting screwed the best way to get screwed, by the way, he made tens of millions or hundred million dollars. So, but and then they had this divisional labor and they're selling. But even Zuckerberg at that point is selling his idea. So you're always selling to somebody something. So I think the best way to do that is to steep yourself in, in learning from the best. Is You don't have to be the world's greatest salesman to be an effective salesman or salesperson for that mm. matter. And you don't have to be the world's greatest marketer to be an effective marketer. So I think if you, the number one thing that I would tell people getting started um, doing both things is to be curious. If you're not interested in learning about the trade of marketing and sales, then you're not going to get anywhere. You have to be curious. You have to be willing to experiment. And you have to be willing, like you said, to, to try things. And so that's the most important part is like stoke and, and sort of the flames of your own curiosity. Carve time out for learning. And when you learn something, don't just read something and then like walk away from it, right? Whenever you're reading something or listening to a podcast like this or, you know, watching a webinar or whatever else. My only advice there is like, pick out one thing you want to go and try. You don't have to absorb it all. Like often mm -hmm. people who do this type of, of content like you and I do, right? Like we've got lots of ideas on how to help you, you know, figure out how to solve your next problem, but you're not going to be able to try it all. At least certainly not at once. So pick out one thing, try it, learn it, understand it and absorb it and then go from there. Just start simple. I love that. Yeah, that's honestly, that's the whole point of this show is it, and why we keep it so short is just for that so that they can listen. You can pick out one, two things, and then actually immediately after, just go do it. Instead of having an hour-long thing where you're trying to listen in and gather as much info as possible, just one, two actionable things, and then go for it. That's, that's the more important, important part of this equation is action afterwards. It's not the words that we're saying. 100%. 100%. You can't, yeah, you can't escape. There's no excuse for not doing something, right? I mean, like, our... For some reason, as humans, and I'm the worst, I'm absolutely the worst at this, right? It's like, I'll find a million excuses not to do something. Oh, it's not going to be right. Oh, it's, you know, I don't have the right equipment. Like, you know, I, when I first started doing our podcast, which is, as you know, we've been inconsistent with it, by the way. So it has been unsuccessful. So, I, you know, I'll share a failure with, you know, with your audience, which is a partner and I in my last agency, Kaleidico, great guy, Bill Rice. We started up a podcast uh, called Make the Logo Bigger. It's about, you know, mm -hmm marketing tactics and, and that type of thing for marketing leaders, you know, CMOs, marketing directors, that type of thing. And we've only done about 30 episodes, but we've done those 30 episodes sort of sporadically over the course of a year. That's not good enough, right? And he and I were talking about it the other day and, and we we're asking ourselves like, well, I wonder why this isn't taking off. And I was like, well, we're not up to 100 episodes yet. Like we should, our only goal should be to make 100 episodes and then go back and look and see, okay, now that we've made 100 episodes, let's see, you know, where our traffic is coming from and all that kind of stuff. But, but we can't do any of that until we get to 100 episodes. And that was like the conclusion we came to yesterday. And I said, well, if we're going to do that, then we need to start recording three episodes every Friday. 
and we need to shorten them up because they were an hour and a half. And I was like, let's make them 20 minutes, just like you're doing here. And so that's the experimentation part. But if you don't do it, then you'll never know. And and then you're going to live with regret, by the way. And I don't want to get too philosophical on your (laughs) audience, but like there's nothing more tragic in your life than living with regret. Yeah, the the key point there, again, is whatever effort you're immersing yourself in, if, if you're starting a podcast, if you're starting to build your brand on social media, if you're doing an e-commerce product, whatever it is, or even consulting, just take action and then be consistent with that action. You can't really judge your performance or, or your results based on what you're doing today. It, it's usually backlog. So like the work that you're doing today is going to pay you maybe 30 days from now, if not further down. So you have to have that long-term perspective. And that can be really hard, especially when you have no money and you're just starting out and you've got to make this thing work. It's super hard to figure out how you can live in both worlds where you're looking for the long-term, but you're also short-term enough that you can pay the bills. That's, that's a tough place to be. But ultimately, if you do want to see success, you have to have the long-term play in mind more often than not. Yeah, well, to be really practical, right? Like your side hustle cannot be your main income. Like it just cannot, right? I mean, yeah. unless, unless you get it's a side hustle. It's not a main hustle. That's right. That's right. That's right. So unless you're going to get lucky overnight and strike gold, you know, I mean, one of my favorite shows in the world to watch is uh, The Prophet. I'm a, I'm a, like a, <laughs> a I'm a Marcus Lonis acolyte. And the, the reason for that is like, yes, the show is entertaining, but B, I, I love business, right? And I love seeing all the different businesses that people start and how they start them. What I love about that show versus like a Shark Tank or something is that in every episode, he dives into each business with the same formula every time, right? People process product, people process product. It's like the weirdest and strangest, most simple mantra. But I love watching him break apart businesses and do that. And some of these people you know, are starting their other businesses as a side hustle or whatever else. And then they find themselves in the red and they're you know, double mortgaging their house and whatever else. Like, just don't do that to yourself. Mm-hmm. Know that whatever your side hustle is, if you want to make it your main hustle, you're going to have some sleepless nights. You're going to have to go to work every day. You're going to have to come home. You have to do your second job. If you treat it like a second job and you commit your time to it, then you know, you're going to have some kind of results. Obviously, talent is like a component of this, but we're going to like burn by that and just assume that what you're doing is the right thing for you. And, the, and then the second part of that is like, if you don't like doing it, then it's not a good side hustle would be my other thing. Yeah. Like don't don't pick up a side hustle because you think you're going to make money. A side hustle should be first and foremost, a thing that you really love to do. And then the idea is to make that side hustle your vocation or like your main hustle. And then, you know, then work's not work anymore. Yeah. Th- and that takes me to my final tangent here, because there are some people that are listening in that aren't even to the point where they have their idea yet. And that's also a tough place to be. So for someone that, that is feeling that itch to start a business or side project, they know that they've got that fire to be an entrepreneur or to start something just to see if they can. How could they, if, if, you don't, if they don't have any ideas, if they're just totally stumped on where to start, how would you suggest they jumpstart their creativity? Where should they start looking for ideas? I, I would start in the places like the things that piss you off. So like as strange <laughs> as that sounds, I mean, like the, the crux of any business, right, is identify a problem and solve it. And whether that's, you know, whether that's a sponge or a new type of screw or a piece of software or a course or, you know, or even just a newsletter, you go out into the world, you find that thing that you're looking for that you need. Maybe it's in a, a topic or area that you love and start to just, you know, start to consume everything about that particular thing. And then find the things that irk you, that drive you nuts, 
And that's when you're going to start to be like, man, well, I would do this differently or like this is a better way to solve this problem or and then you're going to start to get the ideas flowing in around a topic or around a, you know, a hobby or whatever else that you're passionate about. So find the thing that you love and then find all the people that are making money off the thing that you love and then find the thing that drives you the most crazy and fix it. That is that's really it, unconventional conventional advice and i love that because usually <laughs> usually it's just like follow your passions okay well that's kind of stupid advice because most people's passions are not really jobs or something that can bring in money like maybe right. you're maybe you love snowboarding maybe you're not good enough to make money on snowboarding or just have a, a snowboarding shop but maybe you could find something adjacent to that that's possible but more likely than not if you love snowboarding you should probably just try to identify things that suck about snowboarding and try to fix that instead of trying to look for something general that you love that a million other people love too and have also tried to set up Shopify stores for. Yeah, I think the thing when people say follow your passion, it's such like a, you know, a, you know me, I'm a little crass. It's, it's just such a bullshit like high school guidance counselor mm -hmm. way to like shirk off someone's question of what should I do with my life, which is the only person that can answer that question is you. And no one's gonna be able to tell you that answer. So I think that, you know, when you start looking at that, you really just have to kind of what just follow what interests you and know that that's going to change. That's been my biggest problem, Blake, is like, I don't know, I'm fascinated by all sorts of things from marketing and sales to space, to mm -hmm. science, to my farm that I have here in Michigan. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, I'm all over the place, but that's okay. Follow your interests, do whatever is interesting to you at any particular time. And if you have an entrepreneurial spirit and you have an entrepreneurial mind, then along that journey somewhere, you're going to stumble on something and be like, oh, and you'll have that aha moment. It won't be, you know, by the way, it's not like lightning striking. I want to make sure the audience knows that. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to all of a sudden be like, that's the thing. And you're Bill Gates a month later. That's not how that works. But you, if you just follow what you're interested in constantly, no matter how much it changes, eventually you're going to come upon something and be like, yep, I want to work on that for X amount of time. And then you, you'll you find out very quickly whether or not you'll continue to be interested in that thing. And if you are, then eventually you'll have a business. I love that. My, my final question that I ask everybody, this is more generic, not necessarily geared towards professional career business, things like that. If, if I gathered a room together of these micro-influencers and bootstrappers and side hustlers, people at the beginning of their journey... And I put you at the front at a pulpit and I let you give them one piece of life advice. What would it be? Wow. <laughs> what would it be? Don't waste time doing shit you really don't want to do. Life is full of stuff you don't want to do. We don't get to do everything we want to do at all moments in time. But if you're talking about, you know, being a, like your side hustle or whatever else, learn how to say no. That's the piece of advice. Mm -hmm. Learn how to say no. That That is a very <laughs> timely piece of advice. A, a lot of people probably need to hear that. So I, I appreciate that. Again, Mike Carroll, thank you very much for coming on, for doing our second round of, of the podcast. And I hope that, you, you know, a year down the road, we can, we can hash it out again. But I want to give you a chance just to talk about anything you're working on, what's going on in your life, and where people can find you on social media. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely find me on LinkedIn, uh, which is I'm trying to focus down on one single channel. So it's a uh, you know, LinkedIn forward slash Michael Carroll or Michael Adane Carroll. I don't even know my own URL. We'll have to shorten that up. <laughs> In short order, you also, by the time this air episode airs, you'll be able to find me at the creativealchemist.io, uh, awesome. which will be my website. So if you ever want to email me or ask me any questions, I'm glad to answer anything. Uh, and then two, uh, I currently am the head of growth at Nutshell. So if you're looking for a CRM, 
check out Nutshell. It's easiest to use, easiest to prop up. And if you're starting to get customers and you need to keep track of those relationships, it's the best thing for you. Absolutely. Love it. Mike, thanks again for coming on and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you once again for listening. If you would like my personal growth marketing tips delivered to your inbox Tuesdaily, get it every Tuesday, visit bit.ly slash microgrowth. So bit.ly slash microgrowth. Also, just feel free to DM me anywhere on social, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok. I'm on it all. I'd love to help you out. Till next time, influencers. Thank you very much.